0: Hi everyone, this is Justin Vaughn with Miramed Global Services. Our article today is AHA versus HHS, A Clash of Two Heavyweights. Let's begin. Taking on the giant, that's the spectacle that many of us will pay to see. And typically we're rooting for the underdog. Classic stories abound with such clashes. David and Goliath. Jack and the Beanstalk, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Okay, maybe that last one wouldn't be considered a classic, but you get the idea. In most circles, Hulk Hogan would be considered an enormous man, but compared with the seven foot four inch, five hundred and twenty pound Andre the Giant, the blonde wrestler looks almost childlike. Yet at WrestleMania three some years back, the Hulkster was able to pick up and body slam the bigger man and actually win the match. What's that? Yes, of course, it's all real. The United States Supreme Court may soon serve as the arena for a battle between a couple of organizational heavyweights, with one substantially outweighing the other. In one corner is the American Hospital Association, or AHA. While strong and influential, it cannot compare to the unmatched might of the federal government, as represented in this legal contest by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, or HHS, and its new secretary is Xavier Picera. This section is entitled The Feud Begins. You may ask, what is the basis for the bad blood that apparently exists between these two combatants? Well, it all stems from a policy that HHS put into place to limit reimbursement for evaluation, that is, E and M services, in the outpatient setting. In short, this created an ongoing dispute between the two entities and the AHA is asking the Supreme Court to act as the referee in deciding which side will prevail. In response to the AHA's action, attorneys for HHS filed just this last week a 33-page brief requesting that the High Court affirm the decision of the Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia, which had previously ruled in favor of the government's position. So while the AHA had won in district court, they lost on appeal. With the series now tied at 1-1, the deciding match may be left with the Supremes. Now, if the highest court in the land refuses to take up the case, that would be game, set, match in favor of HHS. By way of further background, site-neutral payments have been a point of contention within the industry over the last several years. The hot button topic may have been triggered when larger hospital systems began buying up physician practices and acquiring or opening new outpatient centers where these EM services would be provided to patients. According to the HHS legal brief from 2012 to 2015, EM encounters per Medicare enrollee grew out outpatient sites by 22%. But during the same period, there was a 1% reduction of E&M services at physician practices. This section is entitled, The Initial Takedown. From the government's perspective, this move on the part of hospitals not only drove up costs to the Medicare program, it put added pressure on individual medical practices to seek out mergers in order to better compete with hospital-owned practices. In other words, some medical groups felt they must gain significantly in size or face the possibility of being bought out. Naturally, the hospital community had its own rebuttal to these assertions, which we will cover later below. However, the government's position was that it needed to respond to what they perceived to be a potential problem. Their remedy was to transition toward a site-neutral payment model beginning in 2019. In response, the AHA, among others, filed suit to stop the change in federal policy, which has led to this current appeal to the Supreme Court. This section is entitled Courthouse Counter Move. In their original complaint, the AHA, along with the Association of American Colleges and others, included the following rationale as support for their position. Number one, the AHA legal challenge revolves around certain aspects of the 2022, I'm sorry, of the 2020 OPS final rule issued by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS, an agency within HHS relating to Medicare hospital outpatient services. Number two, the 2020 final rule continues in effect and indeed increases certain payment cuts made in CY 2019 that this court already declared unlawful and vacated in a September 17, 2019 decision. Number three, CMS nevertheless pressed ahead with the same unlawful payment cuts for CY 2020. Like 2019 final final rule, the 2020 final rule implements reductions to Medicare payment rates for certain clinic visit services provided at specific off-campus hospital provider-based departments otherwise known as off-campus PBDs. These off-campus PVDs are practice locations of a hospital that are not located in immediate proximity to the main building of their affiliated hospital, but are nonetheless so closely integrated with and controlled by the main hospital as to be considered a part of the hospital. Number four. Congress has established a clear structure for CMS to make annual changes to payments for covered hospital outpatient services under Medicare. Changes to payment that target only specific items or services must be budget neutral. And yet, the 2020 final rule purports to do precisely what Congress has expressly prohibited reduce total payments for covered hospital outpatient services. For CY 2020, by hundreds of millions of dollars by targeting a select group of services for budget, I'm sorry, for non-budget neutral payment adjustments. CMS cannot exercise its limited authority in a manner so flagrantly inconsistent with the Medicare statute. Number five, the 2020 final rule is unlawful for other reasons as well. In the Medicare statute, Congress has laid out a clear distinction between accepted off-campus PBDs, which meet specified grandfathering requirements, and non-accepted off-campus PBDs, which do not. The statute makes clear that services provided at accepted and non-accepted off-campus PPDs should be paid pursuant to different payment systems. And yet, the 2020 final rule effectively abolishes any distinction between accepted and non-accepted entities by subjecting them both to the same payment system and rate. That violates the clear intent of Congress. And finally, number six, CMS may not contravene clear congressional mandates merely because the agency wishes to make cuts to Medicare spending. And the agency's conduct in issuing the 2020 final rule is all the more stark because the court has already rejected CMS's identical attempt to replace Congress's unequivocal directives with the agency's own policy preferences. The 2020 final rule is no less an impermissible flex of regulatory authority than the 2019 final rule and should meet the same fate. The above sounds well-reasoned and even compelling. But according to one legal analyst, it is unlikely that the Supreme Court will agree to hear the appeal of the AHA. It has been observed that the nation's highest court grants certiorari to only about 5% of cases where a federal agency is one of the contending parties. Should the court refuse to hear the case, the ruling of the D.C. Appellate Court would stand as the law of the land meaning that the site-neutral payment provision promulgated by CMS would remain intact. If you have a question for us about this topic or any of our hospital-specific services, please contact us at info at miramedgs.com. Thank you.